To Random Movie Generator with myself, David G. Earl, and David W. Edwards. If you've never listened to this podcast before, David W. Edwards is a movie reviewer, and he gives us movie news and tips, and chats about movies, and then also has to pick a movie randomly to review next week. How are you, David? <clears throat> I'm good. I am the old engine is purring away. The cinematic cylinder engine. The pistons are going up and down like um, soldiers saluting the general, getting ready to um, you know fly down the road of cinema. A lot of metaphors there, but juggle didn't really work. No, it's fine. Um, so, did you watch any movies last night? Did I watch any movies last night? I did. I watched Spider-Verse last night oh. in preparation for tonight, Spider-Verse 2. Daniel Pemberton. And what else has he done? So Spider-Verse, Brian and Charles. 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 What do I call him, Charles? Charles, quite... like Adrian Charles. 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 Yeah, I'm Charles. Do it properly. Charles. Charles. So print King Charles. King, uh, Prince Charles. King Charles. <laughs> We're doing aristocratic, um, aristocratic, je ne sais quoi move, aren't you? Uh, Verbal move. Um, So how was, sorry, what is Spider-Verse? I'm not a comic book fan, as I've mentioned before. You bring up every bloody week. I know, I know. Well, the thing is, we're just saturated by comic book madness. Well, I wasn't until doing this pod. I know I've infected you with the Marvel virus, unfortunately. And I'm not even a big comic book fan, as I say. But um, Spider-Verse is very impressive. It's genuinely very impressive. The style of animation is incredible. It's very just... Um, Would I like it? To... Would I like it? It's one of those things whereby um, I think you would like it watching it with your kids. Do you know what I mean? It's a case whereby there's other things on TV that you'd probably find more engaging, TV or cinema, you'd find more engaging and more designed for an adult. But if you're watching it with your kids and you're like meeting at halfway type of thing, um, it, I think it would definitely be up there with strong Pixar quality entertainment. The animation is just like crack cocaine. It really is fast moving, constantly engaging. It's almost as though um, there's something they're doing that's almost like the trick of the mind type of thing um, to keep you constantly focused. Wow, you're changing the old um, wowzers. <laughs> this is, I've been, with the, with the magic of Zoom, I've been teleported <laughs> into a cinema with you next to me. <laughs> We never need to um, physically ever see each other in the flesh again, do we? No, no. We can just live on TV screens together. Yeah, 
Anyway, let's. Um... God, this is this. This almost makes me feel this is what it would be like to go to the cinema together. I don't think we've ever gone to the cinema. I'm getting so excited. I know. <laughs> We're off to watch a movie. <laughs> Just to let the uh, listeners know at home, um, I've used uh, a background uh, effect on Zoom, so it looks like we're sitting in Quentin Tarantino's underground cinema. It really doesn't look like... It's a bit bizarre that the screen's behind us, isn't it? It's like we're the naughty boys that can't actually watch the film. Yeah. I don't mind being a naughty boy. No, absolutely. It always gives me a thrill being naughty. Yeah. As long as you don't get caught. Anyway. But yeah, this is this is crazy, isn't it? Maybe this should be the poster for the actual podcast. It's a bad idea that um, we're actually doing something visual for an audio medium, though, isn't it? Because people... You know, maybe if we leave a screenshot near the description or something so they can see what we're... Banging on about. So back to so... back to Spider Verse. Sorry, this is just for everyone watching, just to give them a little bit of a. Oh yeah, yeah God, yeah, it's excited me. We're in the cinema together. Beat my my anyway, wife's coat. Back to Sp- Spider. Actually, what do you know? This is for the. I'm just thinking. I, I want to see what you look like in the cinema eating your rice cakes. But this is for the podcast. So let's go back to chatting about Spider Verse. Spider-Verse, okay, Lord and, Lord and Miller are quite the filmmaking duo in the sense that they continually make these films whereby the public aren't immediately fascinated, but then they're seduced by their um, take on the movie. So no one asks for a remake of 21 Jump Street with Jonah Hill and Tanning Chatham, but that was a massive hit. Everyone was very cynical towards a Lego movie. No one really had an idea of what cloudy... Small Chance of Cloudy Meatballs in the Sky. What was that film called? I just can't remember that at all. It definitely wasn't Small Chance of Cloudy. And the irony is I'm saying these are films that people now remember, but it couldn't be further from the Hey, do you fancy going to watch Small Chance of Cloudy Meatballs in the Sky tonight? It sounds... It almost sounds like a bit code. What the bloody hell was Um, that called? Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Yeah, who's going to remember that as a title? That's quite a tongue well, title, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I failed at the... Um, I think at the cinema, because I see I saw both in the cinema, I think I just said Cloudy Meatballs, and they just let me D-D-D, in. DDDPPP said, did David just say Tanning Chatham? Uh, Channing Tatum. <laughs> Simple as that. There we go. Um, yep, yeah, Spider-Verse. Yeah. You are right. I did slip on the um, the Tatum um, hurdle there, unfortunately. Oh, Landed on my nose. Absolute banana skin. You're quite right. Um, Spider-Verse. The script is very good. It's very rites of passage coming of age. And it's very much, there's there's as much a character arc than there is a big dramatic fighting villains arc. You know, you really do feel as though you're exploring these kind of teenage angsts in a very sort of intimate manner. And as I say, visually, I've seen nothing like it before. Instead of going... When did it come out, David, Spider-Verse? Uh, 2018, so it was just before COVID type of thing. Um, and um, so it's taken a while for, for the new one to come out. It's 2018 or 2019, and they've gone in a very different direction as Pixar. Pixar was trying to always be very photorealistic with their CGI, with the lighting and the textures of bodies and things in that vein. 
Whereas Spider-Verse is trying to almost bring, bring together um, an actual comic book experience. So you've got the Andy Warhol dots in the background. You've got like um, blurred objects to, to create depth of field. So it's almost like a Stan Lee universe literally come together. It's, it's like um, reading a comic book after taking an acid tab. So are you I'm, quite excited about watching Spider-Verse 2? Very. Are you? Yeah, genuinely. And you're watching like, that tonight? I am watching Oh, tonight. I love knowing that you've got a big movie experience. Oh, you? this is going to be a big one. I was sending lots of links to Ryan about the actual Were um, you? making of the film. David, and take a fucking great big cake in there and eat it and enjoy yourself. Oh, I'm, I'm going to do um, It's a McDonald's night tonight. Oh, what does that involve then? That involves us getting a uh, 20 uh, nuggets and we half those and uh, a giant McFlurry. What's a gi- How big's a giant one? They're not as big as the American ones, sadly. They're about probably to my chin, to my nose, right. which once again is no good on a podcast. But if you think of a grown man's head and then you cut it in half, that's what a McFlurry size is, which I guess is a cup, isn't it? If you cut a skull in half. But it's a case of, um, so I've got that. Hang on. Nuggets. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Sometimes you need to take put the brakes on. And just no, you're right. You just are have right. a breather. I do worry that people are going to understand any of this. Do you? Just well, like why the... keep saying all this shit? I know. Yeah, because <laughs> I think it's going to lead to something, but it's just no. It just takes me nowhere. I think it's got a point. So I'm racing down the street, and I just keep coming to a, a dead end. <sighs> okay, so you get ten chicken nuggets each. Um, uh, which McFlurry, is pounds, by which the way. is as I, I, big as half a skull, and what yeah, else? I, I, um, then I love doing this. I get a. Oh God, I wonder what you're going to say. There. No, no, no. It's nothing lewd. It's nothing. It's nothing illegal. It's all, it's all above board. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's. Um, I love getting um, a selection of their cheap burgers because they're very cheap. They're about ninety p each. But some people like to get a massive McTasty, but I prefer to get um, cheeseburger, normal burger, and their mayonnaise chicken sandwich. They're very small and they're very cheap. So you get two burgers plus a chicken sandwich plus 10 nuggets plus a McFlurry. Yeah, as I'm thinking about that now, that's too much. I probably won't. Would you take that into the cinema? Uh, Yes. But it's in a bag. I've got a Puma gym bag. You I put it in. Stink! You stink the place out. You got a I Puma w- gym bag. <laughs> I pop it in there as I'm saying this. This has got nothing to do with Spider Verse. Ten out of ten. Oh, you've got a Puma well. gym bag filled with shitty meat. <laughs> There's a gym around the corner, so it looks like I'm just fresh from the treadmill. There's no questions asked. And the, oh, the other thing I was yeah, going to say yeah. to you, I probably won't have that much, by the way. I mean, it's over the top. That's the selection I go in thinking. <laughs> that's the the buffet that I'm going to select from. I won't I won't do the whole hog. I mean, it'd be way too much. But if I did, I could easily just put some of it in the fridge when I get home. None of it's wasted. Do you really take a Puma gym bag in? <clears throat> Absolutely, for both of us. It's in my boot, and I just keep it... Um, and it just looks like there's a gym directly next door, so it's p- perfect as a... Um, what, so you think people are saying, oh, look at him, he's just popped in from the gym with his his shorts and his T-shirt in his bag? And... Do you know what? 
The whole of Chichester Sinning World, I shouldn't be too specific with the words, it's all run by teenagers. It's like Lord of the Flies. It's like they've crashed an island and there's no daddy adult around at all. And they just don't care about anything. You could literally just do um, whatever you wanted, basically. Well, why take the gym bag in? I think my what I've realised more and more about me and my life is the policeman in my head is a lot louder than a policeman in reality. And um, Cineworld, there's no policeman whatsoever. I mean, one thing I always do in Cineworld is, you might have to edit this out, I don't know. Sure. But like, um, I never buy any milk because I just take all the little mini milk containers. And I think to myself, after a while, someone's going to stop me. I'm on the 15th mini milk container. What's a mini milk like, container? Oh, they're, like, they're little cups, you know, little cups, like you have in hotels. Right, that you just pour into milk. like a UHT. Yes, absolutely. Well, you take those, uh, what, home? Yes, and then I don't have to buy any milk. And I have them in the office, I have them in my kitchen. And um, I wander through Cineworld with two um, pockets full of them. And I just think, well, surely someone's going to stop me. And they just, they're just more interested in talking about TikTok dances and Taylor Swift. And I'm it's just You're talking around. about them like you're looking down your nose at them. You're the one who's stealing stuff. I guess it's not 100% stealing because I am buying a cup of tea, but admittedly, I don't need 30 of them. I only need the one. No. So, um. Oh, God, yeah, I'm just now imagining you just shoveling all in your pockets. Just. So, you, you spoke about going round a friend's house once and saying you, there's a part of you could easily go through their cupboards eating their biscuits while they go to the toilet. I think there's a part of me that has. <laughs> I know a guy who's got like a. Um, not a cellar. What are they called? A um, that room that you keep food in. Larder, fridge, kitchen, larder. That's it, absolutely. And he's got loads of um, really impressive American candy and snacks. And it always amazes me how he can just like just has the odd little M M&M and M, yeah, and the odd little this and that. Very controlled and very controlled, like yeah. a samurai, you know, Buddhist monk, yeah. whatever metaphor you want to use, and. Um, God, this is this almost going to dark therapy. Well, look at but the I cinema would, we're in. This is perfect. I know, absolutely. But I would always, um, he'd be chatting to me and say, oh, I'll nip to Lou in a second. Oh, God, I need a wee of, you know, another cup of tea. And um, I had to stop doing it after a while, but I'd go straight to his larder when he was up there. And I'd um, have a sniff around and grab a few M&Ms or um, have whatever I needed. Because they were like... Whatever you needed? It's not needed, no. really, is it? It's all the thing. I mean, it wouldn't literally be stealing type of thing. Wouldn't it? I guess it is in a way. But How is it not there. stealing? Well, it's not not stealing in, in a sense, is it? Do you know what I mean? It's like, um, and then after a while, he would offer it to me. And then I'd feel a bit guilty afterwards. It's like, well, I've already tried that. And, you know, oh, oh. I don't know where we're going with this. But it was amazing. Some of the um, almond M&M's. Cookie dough M and M's, Cheerio M and M's, M and M's I'd never heard of. Yeah. And he just take the one and pop them in his mouth. And the, and then how would you behave when you heard him coming out of the toilet? Panic because I thought I'd taken too many. And then you'd get re- sort of reposition yourself in the kitchen. Yeah, massively, or go back in there and think he's flushing the toilet now. I'm going to try and maybe put some of those M and M's into the other M and M's. I think shit, they're different colours. He's going to know I've how been old in were you when you're doing this? 43, something like that. This is all very recent. 
I mean, don't get me wrong, we're talking about one or two M&Ms in the mouth. Do you know what I mean? We're not talking about, I'm not taking property out of his property type of thing. Do you know what I mean? It's, um... And also, I think... Hang on a minute. Genuine question. If you were to come round my house, do I need to watch you around our... property and... Like, could you could you nick a lamp? No, I could never nick a lamp. There's no way I'd better do that. There's no way I'd better get out of the house. Do you know what I mean? There's no... I, I no, it's not the fact you could you get out of the house. Would you be tempted to nick, like, ornaments and bits of furniture? No. You can't Have you got something lamp. in your flat that you've nicked from someone's house? Um, no. I've got a lot of milk that perhaps I shouldn't have from Cineworld. But um, I'm looking around. No. I think a lot of it is it's that classic peep show uh, line, isn't it? It's like the, the secret recipe is, is theft. You know, if you've got it for free, it makes it even more... Um, have you stolen anything this week from anywhere? Um, no. I wouldn't steal... As I said, you had like, to think about it. Um... But there's always that moment of no. paranoia, isn't there? There's always that kind of um, element of kind of like, let's just check through it type of thing. Yeah. No, I would say theftery, not at all. I don't think I've ever shoplifted or anything like that oh, whatsoever. I, I, I so don't believe you. Thank you so much, David. Do you honestly don't believe me? No. Do you think I am like a sort of Clayton yeah, yeah, type yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what can you imagine me sort of taking? Well, milk. M&M's for starters, and potentially a lamp. <laughs> if you can get it in your gym bag. I guess M&M's is the gateway drug to um, yeah. next as a lamp, and you're stealing Y-fronts, and it goes on and on and on, doesn't it, from there? David Edwards So, David, have you got any movie news this week? I certainly have. It goes without saying. Let's have a, um, a look at my my document that I've created purely for this. Um, right. Movie news. Um, this is an interesting one. Antoine Foucault, uh, F-U-Q-U-A, who's the director of Emancis- uh, Emancipation, the Will Smith film, and Training you, Is Day, that the good, one- David? Emancipation. It's not as great as people said. They thought it was going to be a big Oscar movie. And um, it's it's very, it's competently put together. It's not poor, but it wasn't quite the giddy heights that people thought. And um, that particular director, I mean, don't get me wrong, he did Training Day, which was a big Oscar film back in the day. But I think it's like a lot of his films, it's like... um, they're, they're competently executed, but they never take you to the crazy highs that you kind of aspire to. I always find that um, they're always very strong concepts, his movies. You know, like the idea of um, you know Emancipation, the slavery movie with Will Smith, Training Day, and also did The Equalizer, the first one with Denzel Washington. But then they are... The Equalizer? Yes, which was based on the TV oh, show. Oh, is that any good? Um, well, once again, it's a case of, I always find the first act of the movie has lots of potential, really well executed, you know, good cast, well shot, 
quite gritty adult but then a lot of his films sort of develop into quite cliched areas you always know what's going to happen by the third act it's almost as at some point the producers have got involved and they've kind of homogenized it they've turned it into a more of um you know hit certain expectations type thing but his next film is going to be a michael jackson biopic and it's produced by it's john logan who's written the script how, john how, logan, how, yeah, who's he he did um, uh, Gladiator. He oh. worked on the Daniel Craig James Bond, and he's worked on a lot of Scorsese films. And Graham King, who was linked to um, Bohemian Rhapsody as a producer, is producing it. So it's a big powerhouse of people. Jackson hasn't been cast yet, but a lot of people are saying, who would want to play Jackson? Because it's such a marked figure now. And um, the other thing is... Um, how would you deal with the whole child fascination area topic? So, you know, a lot of people want to make it. Apparently it's a very good script, but it's a real catch-22 about how it's going to be dealt with, if that makes sense. Um, so that was a natural full stop on that one. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a hot potato. Uh, what are you thinking? Is it's too much of a hot potato for us to explore? <laughs> no, like not at all. Like, no, I'm no, just, I'm just, this is your... Oh yeah, absolutely! No, 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 no! This is don't your worry, stage. No, no. Please dance. I'm, 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 I'm totally nothing. I'm, I'm thankful. That's for like you doing, doing pirouette and then looking at me. That's like no, no, no! This is your stage. Dance, dance. No, you are giving me the opportunity. Absolutely, hundred yeah. um, percent. I guess in the the world's a reality. I'm, I'm just not, you know, used to that. Someone just standing back. Absolutely, review, review. Um, so you got that element. Um, James Cameron uses quite interesting in the sense that you can see that he's moving more and more, thank God, away from his Avatar films and starting to think about others. He's um, purchased a novel about the Hiroshima bombing. That um, It's called Train to Hiroshima, and it's about um, the actual uh, bombing and later survival of the community. And uh, apparently he, he's um, umming and ahhing that as a potential next project. And also, bizarrely, he's announced that he's going to be writing another Terminator film, which is going to be more uh, chat GPT AI focused, more from that perspective than a cyborg robotic element. So um, th- there's the element of... Um, Does that of excite camera- you? <sighs> Nothing excites you anymore. Or does, oh, or does it? I'd be interested to know what he's... I mean, you know, the guy can do anything. So he must have come up with an idea that has properly excited him. The idea of him doing something um, completely unrelated to Avatar interests me. And the the Hiroshima angle sounds as though that's going to be more character-based, a bit more dramatic meat on the bone. So I think, you know, that's got uh, potential interest. But I mean, God... I think Terminator, I don't think a, a movie franchise has been as rebooted as the Terminator films. They did Terminator 3, that was a dud. They did Terminator Salvation, a prequel. You liked that, Bell. didn't you? You said you liked that. Yeah, I quite liked it. It didn't do very well, though, right. with the reviewers. Right. Um, and then they tried two more Terminator films with Schwarzenegger. What? Both of those was... Oh, they've done two. They've done uh, Genesis which is like a parallel universe version with... with um, I didn't even know about these. And then they did another one, which uh, Cameron had a hand in writing and producing, but not directing, um, which is looking at a more uh, elderly, mature Sarah Connor. And uh, that was a massive dud as well. T2, 
Tim Miller directed that, the, um, the Deadpool director. So this could be like the fifth attempt. Um, I guess it's just made so much money and people can't let it go, basically. Mm. Uh, the other thing I'd you say You can do it. Can you do a good Terminator impression? What of Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Give me your bicycle, your boots, and your glasses. Mm-hmm. Not too sure. It sounds no, like, no. like Dracula. No. Give me your bicycle, your boots, and your glasses. Yeah, that's perhaps a bit more. No, um, no, it's not. I wasn't. It's not competition. Just trying to work it through with you, like a workshop. It. Do you know? Interestingly, about Terminator Two and during that particular um, scene, I'm going to get this wrong, but um, who was? I wanted, this is a. Sorry, buddy. This is going all over the place, podcast-wise. Who is the chap who was attacked in LA? Um, Rodney. I'm going to say Rodney King. Is it Rodney? Not Rodney uh, Trotter. No, no, no. Not only falls and horses. Hang on a minute. What, what are we talking about here? Terminator Two. Yeah. There was a guy who was attacked let's, in LA. Let's just write a song called "For Eyes on Legs" the remix called "Give Me Your Boots." A- absolutely. How's it go? Hey you, give me your boots, give me your cycle, give me your glasses, hey give me something you, you, give me your boots, boots give, me your give me your cycle, give, give me, me your glasses. glasses, hey you, give me your boots, give me your boots, give me your give me glasses, give me your cycle, hey I want to be like you, hey you, give me your boots, Give, give me, me a cycle. Give me give glasses. glasses. Hey, I want to be you just like you. <laughs> it's, um, I'll tell you, I'll finish that point because if not, it sounds completely insane. Um, it, which is, uh, Rodney King was the guy who was beaten up in LA, wasn't he, by the police? Yeah, I, I mean, this is why are we talking about this? Because you'll be very, very interesting. Interested. There is evidence in Terminator Two, uh, apparently, of um, him. Oh God, it's it's something like him being beaten up in the background. Let me let me let me sort this out because if not, it's completely insane, David. So it's Rodney King, yeah, um, beating. Why you look? Uh, I'll sing the song. Hey, you give me your boots. Give me your glasses, give me your cycle. Hey, you, give me your boots. Let's give me give your me glasses, glasses, give me your cycle. Hey, hey you, you, give me your boots, give me your, boots. Give me your give glasses. Me your glasses. Give me your okay, okay. So, um, David, literally, um, and I think people will find this very interesting. Uh, so it's more, uh, how do I... I'm going, to, I'm going to leave a link here to you. It's called The Whiteboard. Okay, it, should we come back to up? it? Should we come back to it as we're... Uh... Sorry, mate. No, I, not I apologize. Um, but the thing is, I, I, uh, here we go, chat. Oh, here we go. Just have a look at that. I, I've sent it to you. Where? On what's that? Click on that. On meeting chat. Meet chat. And I'll drop it after that because it's, it's just gone completely... Um... Meet and chat. Okay, so David yeah, sent me an absolute, absolutely insane link between Terminator 2 and Rodney King. You won't believe this crazy and bizarre connection between the 1991 blockbuster Terminator 2 and the infamous Rodney King incident. 
Our story begins during the principal photography of the movie. You may remember the scene in the beginning that sees Arnold Schwarzenegger's character walk into a biker park, biker bar, and start naked, helping himself to guys' clothes, boots, and my motorcycle. That scene was shot at the Corral Bar at 12002 Osborne Street in Lakeview Terrace section, Los Angeles. The bar is no longer there, succumbing to a fire in 1997, and the library now sits in its place. But at the time of its filming, a plumber named George Holiday lived in a nearby apartment complex and decided to shoot some behind-the-scenes footage on his home video camera. If George Holiday's name rings a bell, it's because he's also known for something else he filmed. The tragic... Okay. Right. Bit grim, isn't it? It is a bit grim. It's not really... um you know what we wanted let's move on to a new direction thank you so much david for this week's movie news thanks for meeting me halfway with that i apologize if you didn't you know um fill people with the dopamine which i hope them to you know in the old uh, scold apartment david edwards So, David, uh, this week's movie review. I can't remember what you're reviewing. Oh, I can, I can. Martial arts. Absolutely. Let's get things back on an absolute... um, We're here to have fun, F-U-N, and let's have some fun with Jackie Chan. Okay, um, so it's called The Drunken uh, Master, and um, it really was an interesting look at the beginning of an iconic uh, martial arts um, star, basically. It's it's one of his first, if not first film. And um, May I say something? Day- you look upbeat and quite positive. It was an upbeat and positive experience. Wow. You, you've got to meet it halfway and appreciate it. it came out in the late 70s, so it is quite dated. Some of the stunt work... Um, when he's literally doing the stunt work choreography-wise, um, it's very, very impressive. But when um, there's a few bits where um, people are on lines and, um, you know, they're being uh, on... Um, I'm trying to think what the word would be when you're, when you're attached to a rope and it's pricking you up in the air and all that type of thing. I don't know what the exact definition of that would be. It looks a bit dated in places. Oh, you, actually, but, you can actually see that, can you? If- Yes, you know, it doesn't quite have the kind of um, uh, element. I'm trying to think, um, wire work is the word I'm looking for, wire work and special effects. The wire work looks somewhat dated in places. Sorry, David, my wife came in with a a, a block of butter then. Oh, that's what a wife's there for, isn't it? For crying out loud to add some, I don't have a wife, I have no butter. I've got plenty of milk which I could turn into butter if I had the skills. I have to ask GPT chat how to do that. But, um, so, sorry, that's yeah, Drunken I... Master. Meet Drunken it halfway. Carry on, sorry. Meet it halfway, very dated now. But And also the plot is very simplistic. Basically, Jackie Chan, it's a rites of passage film. Jackie Chan is a bit of a rebel, a bit of a handful, and he's always causing chaos, getting into fights in his local town. And his dad is like, I've had enough of you now. I'm going to um, send you off to spend time with a master who's going to teach you some bloody discipline. And um, you see Jackie Chan spend time with his master and, and learn the art of drunk um, <clears throat> drunk fighting, d- drunk martial art fighting, and um, drunk boxing, that's the exact term. 
And um, he doesn't just learn the martial arts. It's like Karate Kid, Mr. Miyagi kind of uh, relationship. He learns discipline and maturity. And then um, there's a gang who try and take over his father's business. And then he returns back to the family, a more mature, rounded man, and takes on this gang, basically. So the narrative is very basic and the plot's very basic. Really and truly, it's just all strung together with Jackie Chan set piece after Jackie Chan set piece, you know. Jackie Chan um, set piece after Jackie Chan set piece, y'all. Jackie Chan, Jackie Chan, Jackie Chan set pieces. Yeah, sorry. Let's have a little um, listen to a clip of the Drunken go. Master. Yes, please do. Oh, I'm going to call the police. Come Don't do that. They have their bodies oh, But Father will kill me. You can blame it all on me. You're going to lose if you don't, so just go ahead. Here you go, another bottle. Two at once? Ling, do you think that's a good idea? Don't worry, it gives him power. One more drink would be helpful. Here is a very last bottle. You get up. What the hell is that? What does it mean when there's a picture of a skull? Oh, good stuff. The last one really hit the spot. Monkey drinks master's wine. So, enjoyable, David. When did you watch this? I watched it um, Saturday lunchtime. Quite happily. I had to take a few breaks because um, the dialogue's a bit simplistic. Um, and and the, it's just one of those things that, you know, if the plot was good... It would be. Oh, this know, is taking a turn. This this review. Oh no 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 no! I think it's still. I'm still coming from a positive place. But I think you know, it's like Spider Verse, really. I mean, visually amazing, but the plot is very engaging. And if you can get both of those, you'd be looking at crack cocaine. You know what I mean? You'd be really kind of like wowzers. Doctor Gregor says, "Welcome everybody uh, watching live in the chat." Doctor Gregor says, "I'm delighted that David had enjoyed it. Delighted." Oh, that's good. Fantastic. Is Dr. Griggles a Jackie Chan fan? Yeah, he's his cousin, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. Goodness me. 
what they call those nepo babies now, don't they? When you are uh, you're connected to some kind of like celebrity matrix that keeps you going. So, um, how long's this movie for anyone who wants to sit down and, and watch it? Do you know what I'm trying to think? I don't remember it being particularly. Long. I think it's about an hour and a half. Uh, you know how we focus on how long movies are. Maybe I, I just thought then. Oh, we're talking about how long they are. No one. I think it's really important how long a movie. Oh, it's, is. it's really important. But what, I, I never used like, like Kyle Mode wouldn't talk about how long, would they? Is that a thing in movie reviews? Do people go it's too long? It's the perfect length. I think people do mention that. Oh, okay. Definitely. Fair I enough. think. Um, Fair enough. Uh, for instance, um, I was loving the new Batman film. I've used this as an example. I need to come up with better examples. Can you now? But, um, a better one. Oh yeah, let's have a better one than um, the Batman. Uh, let me think. Oh God, I'm trying to think of that one whereby, um, yeah, let's have a think of something else that, um, I guess a lot of the Marvel films as well, they just, they overstay their welcome type of thing. Well, Spider-Verse, as much as I enjoyed that, overstayed its welcome. It's a case of, um, you know, it's like, I had a perfectly good time. It's like when you have a perfectly good time at a party, but people want to keep on drinking. Mm. It's just like, I'd like to go home now. I'd like to go to bed. Mm. I've really enjoyed myself. That's nice. Yeah. You've had a, you're having a lovely sort of 45 minutes hour. And that was just sort of like, we've already spoken about your cat dying or you wanted to go to Disneyland to visit your what aunt. What did they say about their cat that? dying? Oh, it's just a case of, um, I think it was um, diabetic or something like that. I th- can you get diabetic cats? I don't think you can, can you? But some kind of element whereby um, they had some kind of diet issue. And, and you, um, so they, you enjoyed it the first time round? <laughs> oh, yeah, first time round. In, well, it's new information, isn't yeah. it? And it's like, oh, right, yeah, I noticed your cat was a bit um, ill at times. And did you? I didn't want to bring did you up. see? Um, just it's sleeping a lot. <laughs> Sort of laid out on the couch, you know, like a furry pancake. Oh, there's not much going so on. So a cat sleeping a lot makes you question its health. Well, Surely that's normal, well, isn't it, for a cat to sleep? What did you see? What did you see that stuck out? I think what I saw was. Um, I remember um, knocking the couch, not to try and wake the cat up. I wasn't being cruel or anything like that. But I remember just accidentally knocking the couch with my hip. And it just not moving. The whole its furry body just rocking side to side. I thought that's not feline. Did you tell anyone when you when that happened? No, you just sort of go back <laughs> no, to the cafe. No, no, no. It's not really a conversation. No, started. no, no. Didn't feel the need. But it's a case of your brain goes into other areas, doesn't it? It's like, is that cat going to move? Because I want to sit there. That's usually where I sit when I'm in this house to look at the TV. Um, it's a bit of a aren't, aren't pets overly indulged these days yeah. I mean you start going into other thought yeah branches, did you feel you guilty understand? when they said their cat had died and you had noticed but you didn't say anything well the thing is first of all they got several cats and I couldn't immediately pinpoint which cat it was but when you did pinpoint they, are, they showed me a photo I got a photo album out because I couldn't I was like oh it's the ginger cat like no David no it wasn't ginger and they kept going through lists after lists of the cat, and they finally showed me a photo. Sounds like, right, like yeah, it's I, I, a super little part. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's just like, oh, God, drop it. Yeah. I said, yes, whatever, once you yeah. get a photo over out, you know, be polite. So anyway, Spider-Verse or Drunken Master was a little bit like this party. Yes, absolutely, 100% with the cat. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Do you, I don't know much about Jackie Chat. I don't think I've watched any of his movies. Would I enjoy them? 
Um, with this one, I grew up watching uh, Jackie Chan 80 films, like um, 80s films, like Police Story. So this entertained me, the idea of watching one of his most earliest ones. So perhaps if you've got no interest in him, watching a really early, late 70s one perhaps wouldn't quite hook you to the same degree. Because for me, it was like, oh, this is where it all started. Okay, right, right. right. This is the beginning of his style. What's his best movie, Jackie Chan, that you've seen? Uh, the police story ones, definitely. They're, 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 would I enjoy them? Do you know what? The way to watch a Jackie Chan film now is to watch, uh, go on YouTube and watch it. TikTokify it, whereby it'd be a case whereby you'd look at the best stunt sequences and things in that vein, because there ain't no plot sister. Do you know what I mean? It's oh just, um, I know. As soon as I said that, <laughs> it's a bad mood. Why yeah. didn't you say these things? Yeah. So that wasn't a good Oh, option. really? So you don't, they don't stand alone? No, the, the oh. narratives are very poor. Interestingly, though, he's got, a, there was a trailer this morning. I should have mentioned it in moving news, but I got lost in Rodney King disasters. But uh, I know, sorry, sorry, leave that, leave that. Sorry about that. Um, I can't just, it's like an ulcer in my mouth, isn't it? I've got to keep going back to it. And um, he's got a new film coming out with John Cena, who's like a, an ex-wrestler who um, w- was in Suicide He started Squad. following me on Instagram. Really? Really. That's fascinating, isn't it? Gosh, there's me describing who John Cena is to you. And he's an Instagram and he's an ex- pal. What do you think? Jinky enjoyed Brian and Charles. Or this? Oh, I don't know about that, Captain. I How very do you much know? doubt How do you this. know John Cena doesn't listen to this? If you're listening, John Cena, please get in contact with us and invite us over to your ranch. God, yeah. Please, please, please fact, do. If there's anyone I... with any kind of power or sway, please invite us to your ranch. Oh, 100%. Do you know what I mean? Anyone who's got in any way that can shimmy up the ladder of life. Do you know what I mean? Just give me an extra, just hook up a few more steps so I can see a horizon. I can see out into the sea of possibilities. Um, well, just get involved. Well, David, now's the time to um, rate um, Drunken Master. And how many chalk ices out of five are you going to give this Jackie Chan movie? I would give it um, 3.5, three and a half chalk ices. Very enjoyable, just over the three, low on plot. If you haven't got an interest in Jackie Chan, though, it could be quite boring, and I would perhaps look at some clips on YouTube. But from my perspective, a man, because I remember on Channel 4, they used to always show the Jackie Chan films late at night, and I used to watch it with my brother whilst having bowls of cereal after school for some reason. And... Um, <clears throat> It filled in the blanks for me, the origins of the man. Becky so Miz me. is watching live now. And, uh, that would, rings a bell. Would Becky Miz like Drunken Master? Um, does she have any interest in Jackie Chan? Um, I'd say uh, Petit Pois. A little bit. A, a little bit sort of thing. Um, I would... Uh, I, if I was her... I would go for one of the more modern Hollywood, more um, easier to sort of um, uh, engage with kind of films. Because I think um, the very early 70s Hollywood ones, you know, you've got to, you've, 
yeah, I think someone who's coming completely um, fresh to it, a Chan Virgin would not find it interesting to that degree. So Becky Mears, Just, the Chan Virgin, <laughs> may struggle may struggle with this movie. But you're still giving it three and a half Chuck Ices out of five. For the um, Jackie Chan Dino fan out there, I realise this is a very articulate way I'm describing it. It's almost like an origins film. You see him at the beginning. I didn't realise he he started so young. Um, and also you see the beginning of his style, not just his action style, but his comedy one-liners. And also um, the beginnings of a very basic narrative format that's filled in with all these action sequences. And how it's not just like Bruce Lee action, it's almost like Charlie Chaplin's slapstick Buster Keaton action, which you see sort of being kind of merged into the style. So it is interesting. It's like Seven Samurai in the sense that um, well, a lot of these films that I've watched with these podcasts, they're interesting, like Forbidden Planet, whereby you can see the beginnings of a genre or a style. It's like I've never gone back to the beginning if it wasn't for the random movie generator. Mm. Wow. Do you know what I mean? It's like it, oh, it falls in blank. Oh, at last, a bit of respect. Oh, did you do that? In that sense. Mandy just said, at last, a bit yeah, of respect. A bit of respect. I don't know about respects, but um, no, it is respect. Meet you halfway. Can Absolutely, I ask yeah. you Fair a question? Your random generating. She just said, can I ask you holds. a question? If it's uh, if it's appropriate actu- and it's productive. Do you actually like me, David? Do you actually like me, David? Do you? I think there's a there's a there's a barrier you create between us, and I think me? you're very passive aggressive. I create. And I think a lot of the time you, you <laughs> open your arms to hug That's me, it. but then at the last minute you push me aside. Has she got arms, David? I've, I've got arms. I've got um, pipes. Not actual arms, no. but just um, pipes. Pipes. Pipes, and also the body language. Ends up the essence, the essence of a hug. You know, why it's like you want to show connect. She just said, "Why can't me? you show any warmth towards me?" Because ultimately, you're you're like um, a square of ice. I can't trust you. I've been burnt too much. So there is warmth there, but it's the warmth of a nasty fire. David, thank you so much for this week's movie review. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time. David Edwards Movie Tips David, have you got any movie tips this week? Now, here is a very interesting movie tip which I came across and no one else has really spoken about this perhaps I've got my head in the sand like an ostrich if that's the correct bird and it's a case of... um, there is a film on Netflix which I do tell people to check out, and it is called Vespa. Vespa. Um, yeah, let me get my notes up here so I don't mislead anyone with this. And it's a film that I came across, and I saw the poster, and it really grabbed me. And um, I realised that Eddie Marson was in it. And um, when you start Googling it and you look into it, it has got a small following who are very passionate about the film. Ooh. It's V E S P A. It is a um, uh, it's it's directed by two uh, international directors. One's Bulgarian, the, the other one is from France, and um, sorry, French Lithuanian uh, Bulgarian um, is one of the uh, of, of the two directors. Uh, Christine Bayats and Bruno Sampa, and it's almost got like a very dark sci-fi Harry Potter vibe, 
whereby we're living in a post-apocalyptic Earth, um, which has had some serious ecosystem issues. And now we've just got these small communities living on the um, on the on the sidelines of Earth and just trying to survive ultimately off this kind of uh, very barren existence. V E S P E R. V E S P A. No, it's just P E R here. Okay. V E S P E R. And has it got a sci fi poster to it's it? It's got Eddie Marsden like a... in it. Okay, for some reason it, it was V E S P A for me, but I'll, I'll go with. Um, I mean, P-E-R. I'm happy to go. E R or E A or A. I'm I'm gonna check it as well just to make sure. It is E R. It is E R. It is E R. You are completely right. I was wrong. I apologise. Not at all. And um, you like this, David? I really rated it. Oh. And I think this will be a bit of a cult classic. I. There's a lot going on. It's really interesting. Um, it's this young girl who's trying to survive in this barren apocalyptic setting. Mm. Eddie Marsden is almost like a... Um, who's the character in Oliver Twist who looks after all the orphans? Um, Fagin. He's like a Vagan character. Fagin. Vagan. Uh, Fagin. 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 Fay. Fay. Gin. Gin. Fagin. 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 Um, so you got that element. Yeah. And um, it's an app. Thank you for helping me with that. Uh, it was an element whereby, um, so he's, he's trying to control and manipulate the kids. Um, a lot of them are obviously orphans because their parents have, have passed away in this kind of, you know, hostile environment. And um, basically this, this young girl who's sort of a genius uh, she learns how to use uh, biohacking as in plants and different kind of like agriculture to, to create uh, energy sources to help, um, you know, uh, get the uh, the water systems going to help grow new plants and things in that vein. And um, she's got this robot who hovers around and talks to her almost like how 2000. But then you start to realize in actual fact, the robot is being operated by a father who's had a stroke, who's back at her house, can't move and can only communicate through this floating robot um, device. That's not Mandy. It's it's Mandy if Mandy was communicating to me through a stroke victim. It was my father. Well, how do you know she's um, not? There's a possibility. It'd make a lot of sense because she's quite grumpy at times. But she also flirts occasionally. Yes. Well, I guess, you know, anyone would become flirtatious if you've got that much time in your hands. Well, even your own watching. father. Yeah, perhaps not. I think that's too Oedipal, isn't it? Or is that about mother's Oedipal? I don't know. Oedipus. Um, Bagpus. So you've got Bagpus. Absolutely, I never noticed those connections. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's, there's a PhD in there somewhere, yeah, yeah. isn't there? There's a, there's a dissertation, the Oedipus of Bagpus. Um, so you've got that aspect. And then there's a woman who's basically part of a gated community who who are able to live normally. She crashes her spaceship and she says to the young girl, you know, if you help me get back on, the, uh, help me fix the spaceship, I'll take you and the father. How did you find oh, this well, film, David? Um, the poster interested me then i looked at it on rotten tomatoes and it got very high scores considering it's a very underground as a movie and um 
I started watching it, and yeah, I was like, this is good. This is very good. IMDb considering... is quite low. Not that that matters, but... Oh, really? What have they given it? 5.9. What have Rotten Tomatoes given it? Um... I'm surprised look. by that. I was really impressed. I mean, really IMDb impressed. doesn't mean anything, does it, really? Uh, Rotten Tomatoes is really high. Really high. Yeah, I was, so why I was, would it be low? Why Why the difference, do you think? I think um, a lot of the time, if you, what is fascinating with Rotten Tomatoes is, and more and more they push this out, audience scores. It's really think, low on Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes' audience score. Yeah, there you go. Go on. Absolutely. So audience scores, so why? Audience scores and film critic scores are incredibly different. And it's one of the reasons why Netflix has become such a powerhouse. I mean, Netflix is the only streaming site that's actually making a profit at the moment. And it's because they appreciate that, yes, they'll do the odd film critic uh, celebrated movie. So things like Oscars and Emmys, they'll be promoted. But a large slice of what Netflix produces, a film critic would hate but it's incredibly popular. I mean, look at all those Adam Sandler films. They've done two contracts of Adam Sandler now, multi-million contracts. And Netflix have realised that, you know, what is an award-winning film isn't necessarily a popular movie. David, um, Professor Charkins is walking down the corridor. Um, I, I, I was going to ask him what he feels about Netflix and their choice of movies. Um uh, Mr. Charkins, hello. What do you think about the, the movies that Netflix puts out? One word for Netflix is very, very obvious. It's a uh, cultural genocide. Simple as that. It's, and it's two not words. a bullet to the brain. Two words. Well, so no, touche. Well, well said. I like to be, uh, I like to have grammar Nazis surrounding me. They keep me on my tippy tippy toe toes. But ultimately, what we're looking at here is. It's not a bullet to the head, Netflix. It's far, far worse than that. It's a slow gas. It's, um, it's when an, an, an angry housewife from the 1950s takes a garden hose and pops it into her car and allows gas to slowly fill the room, fill the vehicle. At first, it's heady and it's exciting and it's different, but then slowly you're starved of any oxygen or anything authentic and you become a white, pale ghost corpse. And that is what Netflix is doing to us. Netflix is like the final scene of Razor's Lost Ark where they open the box and ghosts appear and suck out the soul from the insides of men. Uh, it's, it's a, it is a ecosystem pollution culturally. Netflix, it's too late is where it's happened. We've allowed it to happen. We've allowed the stranger to enter the room and it's now taken over. All, all authenticity and, and self-expression is gone. We've become a homogenised messes through the Netflix genocide. Thank you, Mr. Chalkins. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, David, for this week's movie tip. That's Vespa on Netflix. Yes. With Eddie Marsden in it. Absolutely. He's got an eye for a script, clearly. David Edwards, Random Movie Generator. Okay, David, so it's this week's movie review. We'll do Movie Tube tomorrow. 
or on our that. next recording. You've sent yes. You've sent something over, but we'll do. We'll go. Uh, Mandy's rumbling in the background, and she's ready to find a movie for you to review. Rumble away. How are you feeling? I think I feel like you've had some goodies the last two or three. Is that right? I think I have absolutely. Jackie Chan was a lovely uh, tour down Nostalgia Road because I, I remember in the nineties, I remember going very much into Jackie Chan through Adam and Joe. They used to reference him a lot. And it was the golden age of Channel 4 where they'd show you these quirky kind of oriental uh, style, you know, international films. So it was interesting to see where it all came from. And, you know, he's still making them now today. You know, as I say, John Cena. I wonder why John Cena is following you on Instagram. It's strange, isn't it? Okay, let's pick the genre of the first. I want you to get a five star, David. What a movie you've never seen before that you come in on the next episode and go... It blew my mind. Blew both my socks off Could in that slow happen? motion. Is that even possible? Is I think that it is possible. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, do I'm going to put some really. Let's, okay. let's try and see if we can do this. Okay. okay, let's find. So Mandy's there. She's um, she's ready and waiting for you. It's time to find the genre of the first movie that you might be reviewing next week. Stop. Action. There we go. It's always a good starter. Stop. Hang on. Now let's find the decade of this movie. Take your time. Really think about it. Stop. 1970s. Mandy, will you please generate four movies, action movies from the 1970s, David, Mandy has generated four action movies from the 1970s. She's spinning them around in her belly, and it's time for you to tell her to stop. Hit the bum. Crime Busters. What is that? It sounds like an Anne Robinson TV show from the 90s. Crime. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Crime Busters. I can see her in a power suit in the studio right now, okay. sort of, you know. We're going to get them. Crime Busters starring Terence Hill and Bud Spencer. A- God, it doesn't... Action what comedy. Why are the other three films that I missed? The other three films that you could have had were Duel. Oh, my God, I've lied. That That's the Ridley Scott film, isn't it, with um, Harvey Keitel? Oh, no, that's the Spielberg film with the truck. Yeah. Conquest oh, of the Planet, Planet of Apes. Oh, I would have liked that. That's the second one, isn't it? When they can read minds. And Logan's Run. And then I've got Crime Busters. <laughs> hey, Fuck. come on. D- did you just oh, swear? Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Not at all. Not at all. I That's like to hear... I like to hear your passion. Here we go. Let's find the genre of the second movie that you might be reviewing next week. Take your time. Stop. Documentary. Okay. I like a document. I like reality. And please, the decade of this documentary, please. Stop. 1970s. God. 70s. I mean, you know. Mandy, please generate four documentaries from the 1970s. 
No movies have appeared. There was no documentaries in the 70s. That's, that's, that's mad. So when this happens, we find a new genre from the 1970s. Over to okay. you. Stop. Western. Oh, God. And we generate. Mandy has found four Westerns from the 1970s. Over to you. She's spinning them around. You tell her when to stop. Stop. Duck, you sucker. It's almost like you're coming up with these titles yourself, Crime Busters and Duck You Sucker. That sounds like a reality TV show now. Duck You Sucker starring Rod Steiger, James Coburn. Duck You Sucker. God, this is... I think this could be the worst week I've had. Wow. Okay. Okay, let's get a good one then. Let's find the genre of the third movie. This could be a good one. Come on, let's believe in it. I'm saying, where do I, will I better find these films? Do you know what I mean? It's like, I never heard of them. Stop. Mystery. Okay. And the genre of this movie. Uh, sorry, the decade of this movie. Stop. 1980s. Okay, now we're in somewhere nice. Generate, please. Four mystery movies from the 1980s. Come on. Mandy has generated four movies. She's spinning them around in her belly, and it's now time for you to tell her when to stop. Stop. Dress to Kill. Now, that is, that's a Robert De Palma film. I have not seen it. It's supposed to be very good, and it links to my recommendation a few weeks ago, that podcast. Oh, my God. Looking at the history of De Palma, so that could be my salvation. Oh, David, 1980, Dress to Kill. That could be my absolute salvation. Okay, well, good luck. I've given that. each movie an A, a B, and a C, or and I've mixed them around, or have I? It's now down to you to choose which movie you will be reviewing next week. Really, really feel it, David. This is your chance. Here we go. B. Duck, you sucker. Oh, my gosh. So, I'm going to have to... Before we actually um, go, I'd better make sure I know where that is. Do you know what I mean? Duck. Duck. Uh, my sucker. Duck, D- you sucker. Duck, you sucker. Duck, you sucker, because I mean, I'm slightly worried. Also like, known as a fistful of dynamite. Oh, right, so that's happened. And once upon a time, the revolution. Okay, so a fistful it's of Sergio dynamite. Sergio Leone. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, God, right. How embarrassing. I didn't know. Um... Oh, I, do you know what? I think it might. Where was it? It's 71, duck, you sucker. It does exist. I am being the... Um... The idiot here, I apologise. A fistful of dynamite is definitely here. Don't don't look at any reviews. No, no, I've got rid of it now. You sure? Yeah, 100% it's gone. I'm back on with you. Possibilities. May I also say, I'm always negative about Westerns, but it's a very rare and actual fact that they're actually that poor. That's true. Them. That is very true, David. Yeah. I watched an Eastwood one. I watched the Lawrence Kasdan one with Kevin Costner. Um, and they've actually been very good. That's true. That you never, you never watch one where you go. That was 
that was bad quality. It's always always of a standard. I'm always a bit of a sulky teenager when I've got to watch it for some reason. It Why is that? Me. Does it, is it take know. you back to the sort of Sunday afternoons and bananas? Yes, it does. I think my dad was into them. Right. And it's just like, oh, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I need to be more open-minded to them, clearly. Well, David, thank you so much for this week's Random Movie Generator. I can't wait to hear your review uh, next week. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And please... Uh, Review this podcast. Give it a nice review if you uh, if you so wish, and leave a nice um, I don't know message. Please do. It goes without saying. Yeah. It just really would um, fill me with a lot of hope and fill in a lot of holes in my life. Yeah. At the moment. Thank like you, David. And let's Thank let's chat to the patrons now. Let's have a little chat. Uh, looking patrons. forward to it. Looking forward to it. Fantastic. Thank you, everyone. Bye bye. Thank you.